Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here to taste with the her in scared. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Very good. It's in there. <laughs> if you say it wrong, my name is Summer Yeager. According to the rules. Yes. That I it's in there. get to bend as far <laughs> back as I want, right? That's the rule. That's the rule of... Okay. Just to be clear, that's not a rule of life in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a no, rule no, no. No, of no. the the she her game that yes. we play at the beginning I can of every episode. Bend it as far as I want. I bent back my nail last night really bad, like halfway, and I had to cut it. Really, it's really painful. Anyway, that's ouch. My name is Summer Yeager. <laughs> I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. Um, and I pronounced snodgrass's name wrong did i already tell you that Mm-mm. i didn't tell you last no. week okay great um i said that her name was bersaglia but that's how i would have pronounced it as well it's obviously bersalia oh well stupid americans yep that's us so anyway <laughs> just wanted to correct silent g the silent g is not a part of my life typically but it's a part of theirs so see, I what's I'm a, sorry, the, Snodgrass. <laughs> the G that's a part of my life is pronounced as a J sound. So there's that. So, so there's G. that. I <laughs> know. Forgotten. I mean, getting pronounced it's wrong. Fine. It's fine. Um. Yeah. So you can leave us a voicemail four seven zero four six five zero four seven five. Um. We are. This is our last episode in our mini series, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. I was like, our last episode. <laughs> Summer, you didn't... What's happening? <laughs> what, a, what are you about like, to tell me? Everyone's <laughs> what? getting laid on everyone what di- as we speak. <laughs> What's the diagnosis? Um, I wanted to answer a couple questions that I keep getting in emails. Number one, you can join book club at any time. P.S. Yes. We're having a really good time in book club this year. I think it's the group. I know I say that all the time, but it's the group um, that is making book club what it is. It's the the readers in the group. And, um, you know, bless Joy and I's hearts for choosing the heavy material <laughs> that we tend to choose. Um, we're like, oh, a biography. And then we choose one. About the biography of a person who was wrongfully imprisoned in a, a communist, communist jail yeah. <laughs> in Romania. So that's fun. Um, we're reading The Pastor's Wife. You can join us at any time. That is happening at patreon.com slash theologians. Um, and then uh, I use Rod and Staff as my homeschool curriculum. So that's what I use. You don't have to use it. Uh, you might hate it. You might love it. You can use whatever you want. Might not be for your kids. Might, Might be for your kids. Yeah. You can use whatever you want for that. 
Um, and then the other question I get, so every week I get an email about book club. I get a couple emails about Rod and staff. Um, I, we did an episode on our opinion on education and personally, I think you and your husband should figure out what you want to use. And, um, I think Rod and staff is great. I love that sometimes like one of my kids questions in their history book will be like, why do we consider Mormonism a cult? And I just think that's great. And that's (laughs) for me. And that's for my kids. It might not be for you and your kids, but it's for me and mine. So um, whatever. And then the other one I get, and I'll uh, try not to bore you to death, Joy, because you've heard me ramble on about this forever. But well, maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. You probably have. But anyway, the the other email, the weekly email, I'm just going to refer you guys to this episode from now on, is um, Summer, can you talk a little bit more about how you lost weight? <laughs> And um, I feel like I've already told you guys everything because I think that I have already said everything. And um, I think what's happening with that very reasonable request. Oh, yeah. Not hating on any of you. It's a totally fine email to send. But um, there's no big secret. Uh, I think what's happening is we all, if you're around our age, came of. Like we were young adults in the during the internet boom, really. This mm-hmm. no, mm-mm, the social media boom. Yeah. And so what happened, I think, for a lot of us is we have heard so many conflicting things on right. how to eat or what is healthy, and then of course when you add, you have to have a good theology of food on top of it. I think yeah. A lot of people are left feeling like. I don't know what to eat, but you have to do it every day. So that's fun. <laughs> um, multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh, so I would refer. Someone out there is like, okay, multiple times a day. All right. <laughs> I'm going next. to eat. Now what? <laughs> now what do I do? Multiple times a day. Um, if you're looking for a good theology of food, I think we both would recommend two books that we have covered. Um, so we did have Doug Wilson on to talk about his food book, mm-hmm. Confessions of a Food Catholic. Is yep. that the right title? Yep. Okay, so that's a great theology of food. And then we also, in book club, read Tilly Dillahay's Broken Bread. Great theology of food. So if you're looking for a good theology of food, those are the two books that we both have read and that we both recommend. Um, Because you should have a theology of food. Just P.S., by the way. Yeah. I mean, whatever you eat and drink Uh, or whatever you do, it's actually... yeah. Like, or whatever you do is kind of the large catch-all. But, <laughs> but we know you're eating, eating and drink drinking. specifically we is in know. there. <laughs> we know you're eating and drinking. We know you're doing it multiple times a day. Um, and then, you know, just how about Jesus calling himself the bread of life? And I just heard you just... say Jesus calling, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I don't know. That's a little... Don't recommend that's a that little book, charismatic <laughs> trauma. Nope. <laughs> I saw it in your eyes a little bit. It was like a cartoon. It's never happened to me before. <laughs> like a Looney Tune. Like your eyes popped out a little bit. Like in a Looney Tune. Cur- anyway. No. Jesus <laughs> called himself the Good. bread of life. Referred to. Right. Him- oh, Jesus referred to himself. <laughs> I won't say. I won't use that verb anymore for you. <laughs> I, did, it's, I did not realize I was going to have 
reaction to that. You really did. But as soon as you said it, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) So we don't recommend Jesus calling here. Um, Anyway, so have a theology of food. Um, And then I am not your doctor, so I can't give you medical advice. But I can tell you um, just briefly what I've already told you guys, which is um, that... I, for the first time in my adult life, was able to lose a significant amount. Of, well, I lost 30 pounds in 21. It didn't take the whole year. But moral of the story, I needed... Which for someone who's your height... Well, that's... I am very short. Also, so <laughs> to keep in, okay. you know, to sure. keep it into perspective. Sure. I'm not a, not a tall person. But, you know, uh, I came of... <clears throat> the thing with being a woman and your weight is that's complicated. But... Also, I can say, you know, as a when you get married and you start having kids, there's just things there that you have to learn over time with like, okay, well, now I need to cook more and now I'm feeding a larger group of people and now I'm dealing with what do I eat during pregnancy? How do I eat postpartum? There can just be a lot. Your husband may want you to cook a certain type of way that you're not. There can be a lot there. Used to. Yeah, there can be a lot going on when you're a young adult female with food. And so, number one, have a great theology of food. Look at food the way that the Lord does. And I think what that will require for a lot of us is an undoing of things that we've read on the internet because, man, is there a lot on the internet, right? And if you're our age, you probably got your recipes from the internet. You know, there's just a lot there. But what I will say is that when I stopped reading the internet... And I stopped um, looking for a quick fix to what I perceived as my problem. I wanted to lose weight. I thought I was done having babies. I wanted to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have energy. Um, What happened was when I stopped reading the Internet and I just said, okay, um, I'm going to eat reasonably and I'm going to move reasonably. I lost 30 pounds. And what that means is that um, I gave up putting my hope in, well, if I just like eat low carb or if I just intermittent fast or if I eat paleo or if I uh, do keto or if I, you know, whatever popular internet thing that swears you're going to do this and lose weight. Once I gave up on all of that and I just followed the really traditional advice of like eat your protein and eat slightly less than you need and you'll lose weight and work and move more. Um, that's how you lose weight. So I don't care who you are. Um, your body does not defy the laws of thermodynamics. Yep. It doesn't. Um, your genes don't make your, your, your genetic makeup does not make your body defy the law of thermodynamics. Um, your hormones don't make your body defy the law of thermodynamics. If you eat less food than your body needs, your body will eat fat. And then you'll uh, breathe it out, by the way. If you wonder where fat goes, you breathe it out as carbon dioxide. But that's besides the point. Um, It helps if you're walking, then you breathe more out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so if you are like, oh, I've been in a calorie deficit and I'm not losing weight. Nope, you're not. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. Or you're not giving it long enough. Or, yes. You're in a calorie deficit for two days and (laughs) you haven't lost 
And then after that, you gave up. Got you got frustrated and, yeah. and you gave up. And um, but I promise you that um, you know you don't have to track your calories or become that person. If you focus on eating high protein and you walk anywhere from six to ten thousand steps a day and you do that for an extended period of time, you will feel better. I promise you'll have more energy. But number two, if you do that and you are eating in a slight calorie deficit, you will lose weight. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. That's all there is to it. Maybe you don't know how to track your food properly. Maybe you don't know what your maintenance calories are. Those are really your only two options. Um, yeah, but- I do think there that's there's something to that too, of course. What? Like what your maintenance... Yeah, you have to know what your maintenance are. is. And listen. Because you might. I, well, I think a lot of people instantly go into like this enormous deficit. And that's why they get frustrated quickly. And do not go You can in, only yeah. do eat 1,200 calories a day for so long. And don't do that. Don't eat 1,200 calories. N- yeah. None of you. <clears throat> all, I can guarantee that almost 0% of you have a 1,200 calorie like day limit to be in a deficit. That's probably that's not right. normal that right. would be extremely rare but you're a child yeah <laughs> and you don't you're a child you probably don't need a deficit <laughs> you probably need maintenance <laughs> yes um i don't know why do i care i guess i'll i guess i care about i care about talking about that just because i feel the pain of people who are like no i've tried and or just like moms who are constantly tired, just being tired all the time yeah. as a wife and a mother is not a good feeling. I do think you cross this threshold where you're like, it's not about how I look. I just want to have, I, I just, just want to keep up with my kids. Right, yeah. Oh yeah. I just want to not feel tired all day. Yeah. I just want to not. Yeah. And um, consistency is king. So one reason why I don't suggest things like keto, intermittent fasting, all that, those will help you lose weight quick because what they do is they quickly put you in a calorie deficit. Um, If you cut out carbohydrates, you just went into a calorie deficit. If you cut out all of your fat in your diet, you'd go into so on and so forth. It's a calorie deficit. Um, Intermittent fasting is a calorie deficit. That's why you are losing weight. The question is, can you do that for the rest of your life? Because if not, this probably won't work for you. And so at some point you'll have to like if for some reason you are need to lose weight quickly for some sort of life threatening whatever. You'll have to adjust to a more realistic way of eating more than likely. Yes. And the thing with uh, just being consistent and losing weight in a way that actually will last you a long time because it's easy to lose weight. It's harder to keep it off um, is making small daily consistent changes that makes the difference over time. And so I think a lot of people, a lot of women, they're like, well, I want to feel better now. I want to lose weight now. And that's not how that works. That's not how your body works. That's not how it's designed to work. We're talking about consistent faithfulnesses over time. And so my new, <laughs> my, what, I, what I'm telling everybody in my life, and I don't want to keep boring you all to tears with this, although it's an email I get a lot, so I don't know that so I am. So someone's not crying. Somebody's not bored, um, is hit your protein goals, hit your life. I'm serious, you guys. Wake up in the morning, get 60 grams of protein in. It's possible. Google it. Follow the gym bro advice. And if anybody out there is like, well, you can't, your body can't synthesize that much protein in one sitting I just shut up just shut up but to me when I hear people say stuff like that that's the person that's also like 
Why do you read so much of the Bible in one sitting? Like your brain couldn't possibly. And I'm just like, shut up. Just please shut up. Shut shut up. R- please just shut up. Go eat your protein. <laughs> Go eat a lot of it. Read a lot of your Bible. Go ahead and do things that are good for you a lot. And it's fine. <laughs> And don't go find your stupid internet article that's like, if you eat more than 30 grams of protein in one sitting and then your body, no, shut up. Just stop. (laughs) Stop. I'm going to read the entire book of John today just for you (coughs) while I eat 60 grams of protein. They say everything in moderation. No, shut up. Not protein. faithful things (laughs) do in abundance. Don't be moderate (laughs) with your protein or your Bible reading or your prayer. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) That's my life hack for you. How about you get in as much Bible reading and protein as possible? Talk to me in six months and tell me it wasn't good right. for you. Okay, yeah. just right. get out. Just yeah. leave me alone with that. Anyway, yeah. so whatever. I hope that's helpful. I'm sure that if whoever is sending me these emails and there's a lot of you, you're probably like, but how do I? I promise. I promise. It's like it's just like Rod and Staff. <laughs> just because it's just because this particular way of getting your protein in is working. For some people, some people don't like cottage cheese. That's fine. Like, and that's some people fine. Don't, and so you're going to have to figure, you got to yeah. figure it out. You you got to figure out how to get in your protein and you got to figure out your deficit calories and um, you can do it. And I believe in you. And I just, but more importantly, I started with the theology of food because that is the, the baseline here. Yeah. But. Because not everyone who is in the process of losing weight is actively in a food sin. Right. Absolutely accurate. Um, And some of them are. Actually, (laughs) probably a lot of them are. Some of them are. But Um, we don't always, we don't always want to admit that the reason keto's not working is because you're eating too much. Well, just, you know, if you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. I don't care what you have to say. (laughs) You can email me all you want. I don't care. Anyway, I'm not your doctor. This was not medical advice. Let's move on. Um... (laughs) Leave me a voicemail at 470-465-0475. All right. Let's bring it on home. Unless, of course, we just told you to shut up. Then do not leave us a voicemail. (laughs) Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. That was a... Or just leave a voicemail saying, how dare you? (laughs) We could have 10 voicemails this week. Just how dare you? I have never eaten before and I'm still gaining weight. Oh, you mean a, <laughs> a breatharian, a breatharian or whatever they're You're called? A breatharian. People who are like, I've been filter feeding off of the air and I'm still for eight gaining months, weight. For eight months. <laughs> and I'm like, You're no, the it. biggest liar I've you ever liar. seen in my whole life. You liar. The biggest liar I that saw ever lied. That cookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just, just doesn't. Okay, it's not gaslighting. <laughs> Does not compute. Anyway. Um, all right. So let's talk about. We're talking about our lady. We're talking about today. Her. Our yeah. profile. Our lady profiles. I don't. We, <laughs> there's probably more we didn't think of, but we landed on three. So I guess we could always revisit back. Yeah. And just like include it under the. Go back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, this week we're going to talk about the the scaredy cat. The anxiety mom, maybe not the anxiety mom, the anxiety girl. It is uh, crazy to me, and we've talked about this quite a bit, but hopefully this is a little bit of a different take on it. Just uh, how 
normal it is for people to not only own or claim some sort of anxiety disorder, but for it to almost be like, welcome to the club. Like, oh, yeah. you have that anxiety disorder? Well, we've had, you've heard my thoughts <gasps> Me on, you heard my thoughts on the, I'm about to talk about something that I know there's a huge stigma around, but we got to break the <laughs> stigma, guys. And then they proceed to tell you like, oh, that thing we all openly accept and, and is praised by the world. Yes. Yep. Oh, that, sti- that stigma. Yeah. That stigma that we all pretend is stigmatized because right. it allows us to like give ourselves a little pat on the back for being so vulnerable and sharing. I think what, so in, <laughs> in this kind of, when we're thinking about what are some typical female tropes right of things that it's like yep that's a girl thing that it shouldn't be but maybe it's like a twisting of something that's natural right obviously we thought of just the scaredy cat the mom who is just constantly fearful maybe the helicopter mom type of thing that you've heard of yeah um although this isn't uh, expressly limited to moms um and so it got me thinking about is there is there something natural to women that makes us more susceptible to being fearful? Mm-hmm. And I think that the obvious answer is yes. Yeah. Um, and it number one, there's well, our size, right? <laughs> As we've already Physically, discussed, like yeah. I'm five foot two. The world is looks bigger to me. <laughs> Than to someone like Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Yep. My husband can see the top of the fridge when he walks up to it. Summer's never seen the top of no. the fridge in her life. Not once. <laughs> Didn't know there was a top to the fridge. As Just far as I was concerned, just kept going. <laughs> it's like when when that like idea that like the girls' restroom is so much nicer than the boys and you like right. walk in and there's like a couch and uh-huh. it's like, oh, it's nice mm. up here. Mm-hmm. Never would have known. <laughs> Fancy. Top of the fridge club. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's just, I think there's a natural, women tend to be more prone to anxiety for multiple reasons, but I do think inherent to women is just the fact that we are, we are not built to be the protectors in a world where there needs to be protectors right but at the same time we are uh we could be called on to protect ourselves um are you prepared for that situation and then when we are out in the world we have little ones that we are responsible for yeah who require a lot of special care yeah and protection Mm -hmm. um so it makes sense i think in one way that women are particularly attuned to potential dangers around them. Right. There's a sense in which women are just the more vulnerable humans on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it would be, it's irrational. Like when we, when I see women who are like, you know, they want to like fight or like be MMA fighters or like, why can't the girls play football with the boys? Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, we, that's a stupid question. It should be obvious why women should not be playing pro Contact football sports with, with, with males. Men. Yeah. Um, 
so there is, I think, an obvious accept, we should accept that, yes, we should have a heightened awareness of potential danger around us. It's just that simple. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> however, <laughs> anxiety unchecked is is the problem. Right. So it makes sense to me that women are more prone to anxiety. It makes sense to me that men, I think obviously men can have anxiety, but yeah. we're talking about I mean, I don't know. How, don't ask me to describe what that's like. <laughs> right. <but laughs> right. I don't know. I just, all I know now is that I can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the closest I would get is like, like, yeah, I, I have anxiety and then I like close the box and move on with my day. <laughs> right. I have anxiety and then I get hungry and then I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> One feeling at a time, gentlemen. <laughs> I was thinking about last night, just like my husband has this incredible ability to focus on something to the point where if he's in, well, there was this moment where everyone in our house, all seven, <laughs> You're like to the point where you're starting to lose track. Seven of us. Uh-huh. Okay. That's still weird to say. All seven of us were in my very small bedroom and it was loud and the TV was on and I don't even know why that nobody was watching TV. I don't uh-huh. know why, what that even was. It was probably some like dancing fruits or something. And there was my husband completely at peace reading something and studying something. <laughs> And someone was talking to him and he had no idea because his ability, his like ability to focus on one thing at a time is just like really, I I think, a male trait. Whereas I'm in the room and I am completely aware of what every person is doing, what every person is saying. The one thing I can't focus on (laughs) is is what's in the book (laughs) or what's in the book. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My one thing at a time. Nope. (laughs) That is such a, I think, a male, female, typical picture. Um, and I think it's very similar with anxiety where men can definitely be, they, men obviously have can have anxiety, but we're talking about what women are prone to. And I think in general, women are far more prone to anxiety for just all the reasons that we've already listed. And mm-hmm. we haven't even gotten to the sin one, which is the one we're going to land on. <laughs> but there is definitely sin. <laughs> Yeah. That can be involved in this. Um, and that would be the the one who takes it and lives in it without Christ. And I think that's where you get the kind of helicopter scaredy cat mom from. Right. Yeah. And I do think, um, well, that's interesting. I guess we'll kind of just like volley back and forth. Because another, another thing that I was thinking of is just like, which it seems like based off of this series we've done, one of the worst, one of the one of the best ways that a woman can take something she's naturally good at and turn it into something really bad is when she does it outside of her mm. her business, outside mm-hmm. of her authority domain. Yeah, yeah. and uh, my, I mm. I talked a little bit about this on Apology Radio. I don't even know when this is coming out or when that happened. So. <laughs> If Who knows? that happened, 
but uh, we and this is all this will also uh, reference book club again where uh you know we're reading uh sabina wormbrand and um speaking of the moment where uh she basically was telling her husband like you have to say something like they're spitting on Christ's name. Christ's name. Yeah. Like you have to stand up and say something. And he, he was like, well, if I say something, you won't have a husband because we're talking about communists here. Mm-hmm. And he was afraid that he would be Immediately arrested, arrested or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and she said, I don't want a coward for a husband. Like I don't need a coward for a husband. And so my, Phew. um, my take on the scaredy cat is that um, our whole like egalitarian society and mm. even just us specifically wives specifically uh, women to their f- male friends, um, their boyfriends, fian- whatever. Um, we tend to have this like um, this, I guess it's partially like our expectations for how interactions should go. Mm. It's partially this idea that, um, I well, I think this is where f- like feminism kind of kicks in, but the idea that like female traits are more naturally sort of virtuous and mm. respectful of the general psychology of people and how people are, yeah, um, and They're definitely preferred, right? And so I think that women sort of end up setting the tone for a lot of social interactions, for a lot of things that their family does, which is absolutely should be the case. She undeniably does that. But if she's doing it in a sinful way, that's the temperature she set it to. A sinful temperature. Um, right. <laughs> um, and so I was even just thinking of like more, um, more specifically of just uh, kind of uh, instead of being the per- instead of allowing husbands to be the protector and the provider of the home, Mm. it's just sort of like, well, if you do go into full-time ministry, like how are we going to have health insurance Mm -hmm. or like just this little, like just worrying of our brain where your your brain's just constantly going. And, Mm. and it's like, well, but like, Mm -hmm. are we going to have a lapse in like, am I going to have to cancel our Netflix, which is ultimate, that sounds silly to say, but if you thought about it logically, it's like ultimately, that's what it's your husband's like, I want to start a business. And you're like, well, but what would I this and then blah, blah, blah. And what you're effectively saying is I want a coward for a husband. Yeah. I don't want a husband that's going to protect and provide, provide. for our family. Um, he may take no risks ever. Right. I don't want him to protect or provide for our local community. I don't want him to do that in our church. I don't want him to do that in our state. I don't want him. I want him to do exactly what I want. And I am this little, this little conduit of anxiety. And I'm just wondering, and I'm being, I'm selfish and just thinking about myself and, and everything's scary. And, um, Mm -hmm. and men are not like that. Mm -hmm. They don't scare as easily. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just because it is accept, I believe it's acceptable for women to be more scared. In general, mm-hmm. based off of, you know, the context is everything we just talked about. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, but what I'm just saying is like, it, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense based off of the role, the role, the authority that, that women are given. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you take that, mm-hmm. when you, when you twist it, or even when you take those little subtle fears 
and you project them onto everything around you to the to the extent that you freeze everything around you yeah to to and you you're it's hyper controlling Mm -hmm. um it's very acceptable so it doesn't appear that way so it's very acceptable in our culture Mm -hmm. and chances are if you went on the internet or to anyone Mm -hmm. you could pretty much tell that story that i just told and all your girlfriends and all everyone in the room would be like well good like it's his job to like make sure you're safe and you're provided for and all these things but that is not that is a total rejection of the wisdom of your husband that's a total rejection of his mission like you're not when you get married like you're not on your like you together are not on your mission as a female that's just not how it works when you take his last name you're he's not becoming a part of your family Mm -hmm. the way you're becoming a part of his um and and that's a again just a very natural tendency but i think because of our own sin and because of our culture a lot of us have um allowed many others and ourselves personally to project this fear mm-hmm. to where everything has just stood still mm-hmm. and we have right. we've we've requested cowards for husbands Mm -hmm. we've requested cowards for statesmen we've requested Mm -hmm. cowards for pastors Mm -hmm. and now we have it and now we of course we see the results of it of course and then we resent them for it of course right but um but i think that's just such a i don't know hearing reading that little snippet of the book it just made me realize like how often how often are we saying like she was saying she you know they're spitting on the name of christ like do something right yeah i don't want a cow like i don't want to be married to a coward that doesn't stand for that right (laughs) um stand against that i guess rather right but now we're like now it's like Mm -hmm. no i don't want a husband that is gonna give the gospel to our mormon neighbors i don't want right you know i don't want someone that's gonna go stand in front of an abortion mill i don't want you to do that i don't want you to start your own business i don't want you to it's like we i don't know it's it's a, I think it's a very covert sickness. <laughs> yeah. We've got going on. Right. It's, and it's hard, I think, for sometimes it's hard if this is just what you're used to doing. But really think about, um, there are so many opportunities. And I think grace is missed in a kind of fearful life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's not fun to be around someone who won't let you do anything. Right. You know, I think about moms with their little kids, you know, it's important that your little kids be able to learn how to go on a swing, learn how to go down the slide. It could be a simple, I know there are women who have a hard time just letting their kids play on a playground Yeah. because it's tall, because they could fall, because because all of these horrible things. It's good for them to even learn how to fall. Right, right. Like when when your kid falls, you want them to learn, put my hands out in front of my body. <laughs> right. Not like take it all face first. Like. <laughs> right. And so the, you know, the question can be for somebody who's just having a hard time managing that is, well, you know, aren't moms supposed to have a special care? Weren't, weren't you know, Summer, weren't you saying like moms are supposed to have a special you know, concern over their kids. Yes, of course, we have a special concern. If I, 
If I had a boiling pot of water on the stove, I'm going to move the handle out of the way so nobody's going to bang it when they walk by. Yes. But I think special care um, for... And God takes special care. He's very interested in all the tiny details in our lives. Absolutely. And there's a lot of special care there. And I think that's kind of the phrase I would use. Like, instead of just being anxious over, I'm saying take special care. But special care, I would say, means that it grows what is around it. It grows what's underneath it. It it grows. It doesn't stop things from happening. It doesn't stop children from learning how to ride a bike because they might fall or playing on the playground because they might fall or taking risks because it might be scary. Um, you know, it's it's a mother's job to teach her son how to get hurt and how to get back up and how to face rejection. I think it's important we teach our daughters like, hey, be friendly and not everybody m- might want to be your friend. And you have right. to be okay with that. You have to take that rejection and be okay with that. If somebody doesn't want to, you know, I don't know, or share their markers with you or, yeah. you know, take, take that rejection and, um, be a good friend anyway. You know, yeah. there's all kinds of hurts that well, your I think, kids I think about, um, need. I think about, uh, something that was said to me when I was doing pre-marriage counseling with my husband, which is that like, if, if a husband makes a choice that is wrong. Uh-huh. And he will. Yes. <laughs> and and even if it's catastrophically wrong, financially, emotionally, whatever, it's like, it's his job. In that moment, he gets to practice being responsible. Yeah. And the wife gets to practice grace mm-hmm. and trust. Yeah. And... And knowing that if her husband is sub- is submitted to the Lord, that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, I mean, th- that's, I think, especially this, this micromanaging when it comes to our relationships, specifically marriages, has just, it has, it has, it completely stops the practice mm. of any of those good things. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but I don't want that. I don't want that catastrophe to happen. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's going to happen no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's allowing your husband to become more sanctified. (laughs) And to do what he's supposed to do. And you. And you're both in your role. Yeah. And you're still learning. Yeah. And you're not like you, you sitting over here and trying to make sure that nothing happens is also making sure that nothing happens. Like you said, there's no growth from it. Like it's just it's just frozen. Yeah. And what that will result in is you looking around going, how come everyone is frozen here? Now I'm going <laughs> to obsess about that. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, I think the wisdom in that is in what you're saying, especially in marriages, is that if you're, you are supposed to be, I would say as a wife, you are supposed to be your husband's dearest, closest counselor oh yeah you know absolutely and so you should be giving your husband wise counsel there's there is an aspect of you know we are making this decision together even if you disagree right you are with your husband and you've told him hey i don't think this is a wise investment Mm -hmm. here's all the reasons why i've you know you brought it up you asked me my thoughts i looked into it bad investment 
I don't think we should do it for these reasons. And he says, I love you, honey. These are the reasons I think we should do it. We're going to do it. When he signs his name to it, you are too, you know? Yeah. This is you two together. You share your failures and your successes. You share your failures and your successes. And if it's successful, great for both of you. Right. Wonderful. Yep. Um, he doesn't get to shove that in your face and you get to enjoy the success. Right. <laughs> and great. One. Awesome. <laughs> Everyone wins. Um, but I would say, you know, you need to be in those moments where it's like, okay, well, my husband's not doing what I think we should do. Um, you do not get to just live in terror and fear until it goes well or it goes badly. Like you have to be faithful in the meantime and trust your husband in the meantime. And that can be really difficult, especially if you disagree. But, uh, back to talking about our kids, you know, a lot of times you're going to see your kids, Again, special care is not um, to the detriment of those around it. We're not saying, oh, let everyone be reckless. Let your sons just stab each other or something something (laughs) insane. Um, (laughs) I know some families that would be like, yeah, a little stabbing is (laughs) good. Well, you know, to each your own. Just a little bit. Just to each your own. Just a little bit of stabbing. (laughs) No hateful stabbing. It was just a plastic kitchen toy. fake kitchen knife whatever um moral of the story is that i think you can use your inherent weakness as a female your perhaps hyper vigilance um and channel it into a thoughtfulness that produces a special care for those around you that helps them grow Instead of a Final Destination S Rube's Goldberg <laughs> death. <laughs> yes. Where the log falls and hits the... Goes through the windshield <laughs> and impales everybody. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, we talked about it a couple... I guess it was like last, last year, but just that, you know, moms and dads are needed. So these kind of... The inherent, I think thoughtfulness that women should have our vigilance that we should have can absolutely be channeled in a beautiful feminine way and that looks like um being there when your son falls off the slide right. um of course it means if he's about to nose dive face first yeah. off of something that you're there to say son <laughs> we're we not don't throw toasters in bathtubs <laughs> son please don't do that um, why is the toaster in here <laughs> You know, we do that. That's special summer, care. Summer takes care of that by just not having a toaster. Uh, yes. Obviously, toasters are stupid and you should throw yours out, but not in the bathtub. Um, immediately. Throw out the toaster with the bathwater? Is, is <laughs> there wait, like wait, some what? kind of Don't mixture? do that either. That sounds dangerous. I don't. Please don't do that. You did not hear that here. You heard the opposite of that recommended on our show. Um, the emoji for this week is a toaster, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. If there is one. Is there one? Oh, I don't actually know if there's Maybe a, to- a gif, a toaster gif. There yeah, we go. you know, they don't have those on Insta. Oh, You'll, you can figure it out. Just figure it Bread. out. Bread. Just get creative. Bread. Yeah, get creative. We'll know what you mean. <laughs> if you put like a flower, we'll be like, obviously they you listened, didn't listen. They didn't listen. I mean, <laughs> to the show. Oh my goodness. There was something else that happened the other day where it was like you and I were so opposite and it just like made me laugh because it's like, I can just count on. Like, if I can't swallow pills, you can. 
if I have an iPhone, you have an Android. There was something else where I was just like, of course, just naturally, she, <laughs> I should have known. Or how about you were up the first part of the night last night and I was up the second right. part of the night. We like, yeah. <laughs> Neither one like, of us slept through the night, but yeah. we like just traded shifts mm-hmm. or I was whatever. like, yeah, I went to bed at like 3.30-ish. And then you were like, yeah, I woke up around 3.30. <laughs> Nightmares. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know what else I have on that. I just... Don't be the scaredy cat. And well, I'm glad. So, I mean, you even just mentioned, like you said, the word nightmares. Mm. We acknowledge being scared. Oh, yeah. Real fear, real anxiety. Um, and by that, by anxiety, I'm not talking about clinical diagnosed anxiety. I'm talking about worry and um, and even, you know, even to the point where you are, maybe it is a little physiological. Maybe you are kind of caught in a loop. Maybe you are. Um, Mm -hmm. but even in those moments, um, you can still repent of your unbelief. You can still repent for your fear of death or maybe someone around you dying or someone around you getting hurt children or the decision your husband made that you disagree with, but you can still repent. Like if you, if you are failing to trust Mm -hmm. in those situations and Mm. failing to get rid of the fear you can still repent and still feel mm-hmm. afraid mm-hmm. Um, and just continue to repent for what's unfaithful to continue to preach to yourself. What is faithful, remind yourself, coach yourself in obedience and build the strength until, until you really, you, you really do until that trust really does replace mm-hmm. the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, women are incredibly diligent and in that same, I, we don't embrace this in our current culture, but women are fastidious, detail-oriented, and I really believe that you would be surprised how quickly you can minister yourself into faithfulness. Oh, how, yeah. How much you're capable of, even in the presence of real emotions, your emotions are still not leading you. Right. right. You lead them. Right. Right. You make sure that they submit to what they need to submit to. Right. And that doesn't mean that it always goes away right away. Yeah. Again, we've talked a lot about, you know, whatever muscles you practice are the ones that are strong. So if you've been practicing being anxious, if you've been practicing constantly living in fear, if you've been practicing that and that isn't then that is the muscle that will be strong. And that isn't to say that there's nothing fearful in the world or there's nothing scary or right. nothing traumatic has ever happened to you. And there's no reason. And you're just silly and stupid. Um, no, I, we understand that there are things that are fearful, but God is always where you have to go with those feelings because, you know, I already made the case that it makes sense for women to have more anxiety than men. We are more vulnerable um, the world is full of things that are scary, but God, that is, yeah. we are still required to submit our fears and to wholly trust God in everything that is big and sad and scary. And that doesn't mean all of you're going to just have that immediately figured out. You know, I've kind of already talked in this episode, you know, uh, just because you want something to change right away doesn't mean it will. Like small, consistent faithfulnesses over time and submitting those feelings 
to the Lord and retraining your thinking, you know, renewing your mind, transforming your mind. This is all um, a process of becoming more like Christ and thinking God's thoughts after him. And so ultimately, the ultimate reason why you don't have to live by anxious feelings and anxious thoughts and anxious fears is because you trust God. Mm-hmm. You know that he's in control and that he has already dealt with all of the things that you're afraid of. All of them he knows, he's aware of, and nothing comes to pass without his permission. So it might be that the fear you're f- feeling, well, of course, you know, we don't uh, exclude at some kind of attack yeah. from the enemy. Right. But sometimes, I will... I think maybe this is, here's just a thought. I think, and I think it has to do with why a lot of people don't discipline mm. their kids. Ooh, where are we going? But I just want you to think about this. Okay, I'm going, thinking. Has God ever physically disciplined you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, yeah. So, like, why do we think that he doesn't do that? Like, why do we sometimes feel... Sometimes something is allowed to happen mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. we automatically would be like, well, this can't be from God. Mm. This can't be for any for anything that would. No, he chastens those whom he loves. Right. Yeah. And and um, sometimes the reason why a physical sensation that will not go away mm. is happening is because you need you do need to repent. Mm-hmm. For your unbelief, you mm-hmm. need to repent for your lack of trust, mm-hmm. and you need to be like, "I get it. Okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> that thing that I'm doing, I'm yeah. not supposed to be doing that." Sure. Um, and and be grateful mm-hmm. in those moments, especially if you're scared because of your sin. Mm-hmm. Be grateful that um you're being disciplined, and do not do not think that mm-hmm. like God a big hand doesn't come out of the clouds and spanked you on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget that you God can... uses means. Yes. He uses means. Yes. Absolutely. He uses means. But I think we forget. Yeah. We, f- we don't think about it like that. No, we don't. Can we say if that explicitly applies to your situation? No. But if you're unsure, no. talk to your pastor. Yeah. Or, there you go. You know, talk to your pastor. I don't know. What your... Joy doesn't know what your secret situation is. Okay. Right. But the moral of the story is. Uh, I, also, I'm just saying, if you've never considered that in your secret situation, yeah, I think it's at least something to cross off the list. You need to at least exclude that, <laughs> that you're yeah. not being, um, yeah, disciplined. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. in the best way, right? All right, well, go forth without fear, ladies. That's the Don't moral of the story. Cat. Don't be a scaredy don't be cat. A scared. and, Exercise a different muscle. Right. And brave people can feel scared, but oh, yeah. they don't act on it. Yes. They aren't ruled by their fear. Yes. And um, eat your protein. Right. Because that is that is the life hack that that's my my, my my number one life hack from this episode is don't be a scaredy cat. But number two is eat your protein. And Get I, big and strong. If you eat your protein, you'll be less of a scaredy cat. Right. I'm actually <laughs> almost positive. <laughs> about this one (laughs) um so yeah i don't have a feminist of the week i didn't bring one i should have but like my brain oh man i had one my brain is just not oh i had one oh it's really really simple 
Okay. <laughs> it's more of a joke. This could be a tweet, but this could be my best. feminist of the week is that what's that one lady? Um, she has kind of a weird name, but she came out and was like shouting her abortion. What's her name? She has a weird name. Don't they all? Oh no! Oh no! I feel like everybody does shout your abortion, and um, it's just popular. Busy is that her name? Busy Phillips. Oh, there is someone named Busy Phillips. She yes, that's her. So okay. she went. She did this. I forget when she said it, but she did this like whole. She like gave, did a speech, and was like talking about, like if I hadn't. Uh, this was a long time ago, that she did the speech. But she was basically saying like, I'm so glad I had an abortion because it wouldn't like I wouldn't have had the success. Um that I've had in my life. They all admit to this sacrifice, don't <laughs> well, they? But so the reason I thought of it is because I saw an ad okay. for hotels.com. <laughs> and I was like, what? Way to go. Your grand career of an ad person for, for hotels.com. hotels.com. Wow. You really, you really discovered your dreams. You won something there. Didn't you? That's so sad. Was it worth it? Oh, that's no so one's sad. laughing. No one's oh. laughing. But yeah, I know that's kind of dark, but I just want to point that out that oh. that's that's what she traded for the life of her unborn child. An ad campaign with Hotels.com. It makes my stomach hurt. Yep. I'm not into that. Well, you can leave us a voicemail and a toaster emoji and or not. I'm imagining like a nice little like on Facebook at least there'll be like a nice thread of just like toast popping out of a toaster. I just or maybe like, even like the the um, Pee Wee Herman breakfast machine. Never seen Pee Wee Herman in my <gasps> life. Oh, there is no toaster emoji. There's like glasses clinking though, like toast. Oh, so see there you go. You could get a little creative. A little we might see clinking. bread. We might see yeah. There's there's definitely an actual toast. Um, there's definitely bread. I've been making so much bread. And because I eat my protein, I can eat as much bread as I want. Let me tell you what. I have been making bread. Well, especially the that sourdough. That's, yeah. that's not like regular bread. You know what I've learned about sourdough that um, I really want people to know is that um, if you just don't care about the rules and don't really follow a recipe, it's going to be fine. <laughs> because yeah. when I first started making sourdough, I thought like, I, the recipe I had was like, don't let it sit for more than 30 minutes. This is very important. Like exclamation. Point. Right. And it's like, I literally can't tell you how many stretch and folds I did. I don't know how long I proofed it for. I just cooked one last night, been sitting in the fridge for days. No idea when I put it in there. Couldn't tell you how long I proofed in or any of the bulk fermentation. I didn't even, didn't even feed my starter immediately before I put it in. Also didn't measure how much starter I put in it. Z- broke every rule <laughs> every single rule and here's what i want you to know when i cut into that thing last night and it was sour and it was full of holes and i fed it to my entire family and they were like this Chef's is kiss. the best loaf ever and i was just like nothing matters <laughs> we um nothing. a lot of a lot of stuff like when you really meet like an expert they do a lot of stuff especially with cooking by like feel and yeah. by consistency and all that yeah. Uh, Georgia and I were watching a video about two um, like chef masters in Japan that make noodles. One of them does like hand pulled noodles. 
And it's crazy. They're super elastic. He like twists them and then he like slams them on the table and then like twists them all up and then creates new strands. Short King. He said something. (laughs) He said something. (laughs) He said something that was just like so chef. Tell me. Just like the ultimate chef thing to say. The the, I don't know. And he was like, he was like, I heard when I was young that to become a noodle master. Yes. You have to make a hundred bowls of noodles every day for a year. (gasps) He said. Did he do it? He said, so I made 500 bowls of noodles. (laughs) Every day for a year so that I could learn five times faster. <laughs> okay. That is. And I was like, wow. I was like, whoa. That is. <laughs> I was blown away by Such that. a dude thing to do. First of all, can we talk about how much that's a man? No woman has ever thought that. Like, if, if you told that to a woman and she like, she'd be like, okay, all right, well, how can I make that happen? Right. It's a man who's like, guess what? <laughs> guess what I'm going to. Oh, you said a hundred? It won't even physically make sense. <laughs> But I will do 500. 500. You will wonder, yeah. how? how? How did you do that? How did he? It's how? We only had one bag of flour. How did he make that many noodles? I don't know. Don't where, worry where about are, it. How did he have access to 500 bowls? It's <laughs> like a question I have. Yeah. Sounds, has, sounds stressful. <laughs> it sounds fake is what it sounds like. It doesn't sound real. I mean, he's a noodle master. Well, good for him. We must trust the process. It's true. I just... I just love to play with the dough. So I yeah. just do that. What I do is I just play with the dough and then at some point I Maybe put it. Maybe you'll become a noodle master in the day. oven. The other one were these hand car he like just had this hunk of noodle dough and he has a special little knife and you just sliver off No, not me. And the noodles like directly into the boiling water. You know what? His mom was one of those. You guys can stab each other a little bit, moms. <laughs> yes. Yep. And now he's excellent with a knife. Noodle master. So you never know what you didn't know that was a title. You're taking away from your kids <laughs> when you don't let them play with knives. What? We need to leave. Okay. <laughs> That's totally it for this week. Is it? All right. What if I play music? Then that makes it Will the that end. Stop us. <laughs> <laughs> what could? See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Out walking after midnight, out in the moonlight, just like we used to do. I'm always walking.